Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Let's roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Morenci. The pips, the players, the hustlers, the people of Boston, and everybody else in between throwing it down. The Monday night meltdown has begun. As the Buffalo Bills meltdown continues, what was a four-game win streak is now a two-game losing streak. Kansas City wins 26-17. Uh, the final score, not a true indication of what this football game uh, was this evening and what it was, was a dominant performance uh, by the Kansas City Chiefs. And what it was, was another terrible performance from Josh Allen. Kansas City Chiefs improved to 5-1. and one. Buffalo Bills 4-2. Uh, and two. But fortunately for the Buffalo Bills, Gang Green uh, is up uh, next. Although this isn't much of a gang. Uh, when we're talking about the New York Jets, Bills uh, get the Jets uh, next Disaster for the Buffalo Bills. Back-to-back embarrassing performances. And we talk about embarrassments. You know, Dallas Cowboys embarrassing. Buffalo Bills embarrassing. Jeffrey Tubin-like embarrassing. So the Buffalo Bills lose 26-17. The Dallas Cowboys get um, beaten down 38-10. And, you know, 26-17 final score, Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. Sort of sounds like a game, right? Sort of sounds like a game, and it kind of sort of was a game. Like, you know, it wasn't dominant. Buffalo were sort of in it, but they never really will. You know, they, they never really, you know, they weren't coming back. You got the feeling that it wasn't happening for them. Get the Dallas Cowboys game, 38-10. This is like a gratuitous score. This is like nice to the Cowboys, 38-10. Like, you know, I mean, like, if you really want to, like, break down, like, what you were watching that game, what did it feel like the score was? I don't know. 65 to 10, something like that, as Andy Dalton remembered he was Andy Dalton uh, this evening. But it's a good thing that Jason Garrett uh, isn't there anymore because Jason Garrett, the clapper, he was the one to blame, right? Uh, Dallas Cowboys now 0-6 against uh, uh, the number, which is pretty hard to do, actually. Um, That's quite an accomplishment. The Dallas Cowboys have failed to cover a point spread uh, yet. Paul Bowie's going to step up, and then Paul Bowie covers point spreads. Uh, Paul Bovey steps up and breaks it down with us. Covers.com in the house. George Kurtz is uh, with us a little bit later on. We've got a, uh, a an autopsy, post-game autopsy report from Kurtz, Cowboy fan. Uh, he asked uh, if we could only talk about the World Series and not talk about the football. Uh, but, hey, it is what it is. You can't handle the truth. Bring it. This is Portrait.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Sports Radio with Gabe Marenzi. Don't ruin your appetites. I'm buying lunch for everybody on me. Wow. What's the occasion? I'm rich. I won my bets on the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, and I chunked it all on a hockey game, and I won that. All right, all right. How much did you win? 116 bucks. What a windfall. Yeah. Yeah, I still feel tingly. Portrage late night. It's a pretty low bar one once again. A cop on Barney Miller on a TV show in the 70s won more money uh, with the 116 bucks that we did uh, this evening. Uh, the props have been killing us. And I tell you what, I thought that Halloween was still a couple of weeks away. I guess I was wrong because, uh, man, it, very Halloween-like. It just the, the whole week was strange in, in, in the NFL week six in which, like, the numbers didn't match the final scores, man. Like, and it happened time and time again. And I tried to, t- you know, tell myself that today – wasn't part of yesterday's weirdness, but it was a carryover effect. And when I say that, Arizona scores 38 points, game goes under the number. All right. Well, you know, that, you know, if we would have told you before Arizona hang 38, does the game go over the number? Yes. Um, if I tell you before the game that uh, Kyler Murray is nine for 24 passing, uh, do the Cardinals win by t- uh, 28 points? Probably not. All <laughs> right. It's just, it's twisted. It was a weird-ass week in the National Football League. And I know that our main man right now, Paul Bovey, covers experts, uh, steps up and in. And I know Paul likes to play the props. And, Paul, I'm going to tell you, man, I got my ass handed to me with the props uh, this weekend. There were so many pass interference penalties. Um, There were, you know, big plays or pass interference penalties, pick sixes. There were, you know, numerous teams that put up 38 points. And it seemed to be the number, actually. Cleveland Browns put up 38 points. Uh, get 38 points scored on. And Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers, one touchdown pass. Uh, you know, Tom Brady, yeah, didn't really light it up. Uh, I could go down the list. Weird week. Paul Bowlby, how you doing? Doing all right. Hey, Gabe, I was on here last Monday night, and I used some very potent adjectives to describe what I thought was a very suspect Bills defense. And, uh, well, I guess things came to fruition because uh, they didn't look good. They played two games since. 
And it wasn't Patrick Mahomes that did the damage tonight. I'm sure you guys already discussed it. It was the run defense. And considering Kansas City had lost their all-pro center, Schwartz, it was really embarrassing for them. Well, you know, I'll listen, to be realistic, if you're the in, in the modern NFL, Paul, you hold you hold Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs to 26 points, you're in the game. And I, I can't disagree. Their defense is a train wreck. Uh, but at the same point in time, tonight was on the offense. And, you know, the other night against Tennessee, it was on everybody. Tonight, it's on the offense. There's only so much you can do. The Bills, you know, the Bills didn't get blown out. They gave up a, a, you know, a lot of chunks. They were trying to take away the big play you know, deep down the field. They ended up getting burnt on the ground. But, you know, really, it was 26 points. There was a late field goal. So, and I'm not disagreeing. The Bills' defense been a major disappointment this year. But to me, I'm very disappointed. The, the entire team, uh, Paul, is in a funk right now, the Bills. The offense, the defense, um, you know, the special teams, whatever. We got some kid that's better on YouTube with, with his trick kicks than he is in NFL games. Um, but the coaching, like the play calling is off. You know, they, they should know. Josh Allen is not in a rhythm right now. Yet they keep on, you know, they're calling the same plays. They don't adapt. It's just it's been an ugly couple of weeks. And I still think the Bills are a 10-win team, Paul. But I think that we've also seen that this is not a team that is on the level of the elite in the AFC right now. They're a Tier 2 team. It's, it's not. Gabe, I don't have a problem with Josh Allen. He had a bad game. The ball was wet. Was two bad but games the reality in a row. is. Okay, but the reality is the problem is the running game. Like, I had Singletary over 50 and a half yards. They got a great number on it. And uh, it seemed up within an hour to 59 and a half on Pinnacle. And uh, I'm not saying it played it there, but I, it was 59 and a half. And I will tell you that it looked good early on, and then he just – flattened out and this seems to be happening every week you have to have a running game i'm not worried about josh allen josh allen has become an elite quarterback in my opinion regardless of what your uh, followers may say i think he's really stepped up his game he has an arm he's pretty accurate he can run the football the bills offensively will not be a problem the bills defensively throughout the course of the year it's going to be a problem See, I look at it, and listen, I like Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen's good as well. But I actually look at it from a, from a different perspective in which I believe I have to have confidence that the defense will get better. And they have had a lot of injuries, but I don't believe in excuses, but they have had a lot of injuries. And without Milano, he's their best, he's their best linebacker in pass coverage. And it shows yeah. when he's not on the field, and it's been a problem. Trey White didn't play against Tennessee. So... But like I said, everybody's got problems right now. But my concern is I just don't like – it seems to me that teams have adjusted a bit uh, of what the Bills were doing offensively. And also, as you say, I totally agree. I've been, I've been bitching about this on Twitter even during these games for weeks now. I don't like the empty back sets, Paul. Like they've given up on the ground game. Like they don't even try. Like, they open up like they got cute. Like, Josh Allen throws for 400 yards against, you know, the Dolphins and Jets or whatever, and suddenly they've got him throwing all the time, and it's constant. Like, I'd like to see the percentage. Like, how many snaps, dude, do they have when they don't even have a back in the backfield? It lets the defense know that we're throwing the football all the time, and we got to stick to it. I agree with you. 
I thought it was a fair number for Singletary, too, as well. You're playing the Chiefs. It's a rainy night. If you're not going to run the ball tonight, when are you going to run it? Not to mention, the Chiefs' secondary is good. You know this, Paul. Matthew's an elite player. He's playing like, you know, he's roaming around like they got Breland back. Like Their secondary is good. You can run on the Chiefs, yet the Bills like decide to throw all night on him in the rain. It, Gabe, if you look at every single Chiefs game prior to this one, they gave up at least 150, 60 yards on the ground. I thought if you took Zach Moss and Singletary, played them both, Zach Moss's number was like 22. It was a stone-cold lock to get at least <laughs> one of them. And these guys muster up, muster up 42 yards. Gabe, that's where the problem is. And I agree with you. The first series, I said to myself, what are they doing? Run the football. You don't want to get in a shooting match with Patrick Mahomes. You want to bleed the clock. That's got to be your strategy. And they should have tested that run defense from the get-go, and they didn't do that. They got cute. I think they believe their own headlines a bit. Talk about Dable and, uh, you know, head, head coach and all that type of stuff. You know, they get the Jets this week. They'll get back on track. Their schedule gets a little bit more difficult. The sky isn't completely falling. It's a long season, guys. All right? Nobody, and trust me, um, in January, no one's going to remember any of these games. And as betters, we all get emotional and hate these teams even more after we lose, right? But I am a Bills fan, so I just call it like I see it, and I'm disappointed in the performance. Uh, for two weeks uh, in a row. As far as Dallas is concerned, Andy Dalton has really, like, if there's any, like, he's cost me literally hundreds of thousands of dollars in my life. I'm not even exaggerating, Paul. You know, you know how many times I've taken the Bengals over the years? Oh, but this is different, and I'm getting six, and oh, no, no, this is they're going to win this time. Uh, blah, blah, blah. But I was smart enough to know that history will repeat itself. And, but he was even worse, and they were even worse than I thought. Like, <laughs> Like, Dalton going up and down the field and turning the ball over inside the 10, that's like the show, like show that clip, and that's it. That's this guy's career. He's great, you know, he's great in between the 20s, and he'll get in the red zone. And, man, as sure as his hair is red, he's going to turn the damn ball over. So, and Kyler Murray now 8-0 and in this stadium. But I got burnt like a dumbass uh, square. I was all over the over uh, in this football game. And I'm frustrated because, you know, you get 38 points from Arizona. This game should have gotten there. All right. We're going to a break uh, here. We'll get Paul Povey's uh, take. But we can't live in the past entirely. We're going to take a look uh, forward. We'll do a, uh, a line check. Paul always pulls the trigger early uh, with his uh, picks. We'll take a look at the Week 7 numbers, National Football League, College Football numbers. Big Ten jumps into the fray this weekend. World Series. Portrait's late night. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, 
We bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Hey, wait a second. What are you doing? You're not betting. You know he's not supposed to bet. Jerry, it's a lock. Kramer, you've had this thing under control for almost three years now. Don't start again. But it's a lock. No. Sports Rage, late night. I am Renzi. George Kurt's going to step up and end. Cowboy fan, although he asked not to talk about the Cowboys yet. You know that's all we're going to talk about. Uh, but I face the music. You want the truth? You can't handle the truth. Um, yeah, we, you know, we're trying to speak the truth now about the Buffalo Bills. I'm just being uh, realistic uh, about uh, this football team. But the sky's not falling, and I agree, Paul. I think that Allen, Allen's going to be fine. Al, Allen's going to be fine. He's just in a little bit of funk right now. Like I said, I think the coaching staff's in a funk. You know, they're benching guys. It's just, I think they believe their headlines a little bit. You know, they were 4-0. They were floating along. And let's be real, too. They just lost to two damn good football teams, right? Damn good teams. And the Tennessee Titans and the Chiefs. So, sky's not falling. They get the Jets uh, this week. Uh, But let's quickly hit this Dallas Cowboy game. So, I was on the Cardinals. And we told people earlier, Paul, it's unbelievable that um, Kyler Murray was 7-0 in the stadium. And, in fact, guys, now it's so make it 8-0. And only two people have won more games in this stadium than Kyler Murray, which is crazy. Uh, Tony Romo and Dak Prescott. Kyler Murray's won three uh, three high school state championships on that field. He's won two. uh, He won the Big 12 championship uh, on that field. Um, Like uh, he won. He won two and zero with Texas A&M. Now tonight in the NFL, he was once a backup. He played in a game. So he started now. Um, he started seven times on this field, seven and zero, and he played as a backup with Texas A&M on this field and won eight and zero. It's crazy. He's won that many games there, but dear God, Dallas man, what, what's your what's your autopsy report on Dallas, uh, Paul? You know, everyone all oh, Jason Garrett's terrible. It's Jason Garrett this, Jason Garrett that. Well, they're worse without Jason Garrett. Uh, look, Gabe. Uh, there's no denying Andy Dalton could have played a better game. However, let's look at that offensive line. That pocket was collapsing in an, in a blink, in a blink of an eye. Andy Dalton was under uh, duress. Uh, Zeke puts the ball on the floor twice. There's a drop pass in the end zone before the half. It, it, things just fell apart quickly and it wasn't all on Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton, Again, I think oh, Andy Dalton's going to be fine. He he's with a poor organization in Cincinnati. First game back, there was just just a couple missteps there. I think the Cowboys will be fine. I think a a, a bigger concern right now is the loss of Van Der Esch, who was back in the lineup tonight and who is a key in the run stopping defense. And now there's a 
potential for him to be out another couple games, depending upon the severity of the injury. And that is a bigger problem. As we saw, the run defense fell apart when he went out, and that last touchdown was uh, putting icing on the cake for uh, for the uh, Arizona Cardinals as they went on to that 38-10 to win. So, as far as the Cowboys go, all I could say is the New York football giants are competing for a division championship on Thursday Crazy. night. Yeah, I know. It's a, that big of a game. You're right. That's This is where we're at right now. You know that six teams in the NFL, uh, six teams in the NFL have more wins than all four teams in, in the NFC least division uh, does combined. And, and listen, I'm not calling out Van Der Esch. And I liked him a lot coming out of Boise State. In fact, I liked him for the Bills. I thought the, you know, the Bills actually, I know the Bills uh, scouted him. So I liked the kid. But it's amazing. I mean, Sean Lee is always hurt. And they bring, they draft this kid to sort of replace Sean Lee because Sean Lee's always hurt. And let's be real. I mean, is it He's bad luck? Old. Is it, it Van Der Esch is always hurt, bro. Like, it's like, oh, you came. He's back now. He's out again. He's like the new Sean Lee. He's always hurt, this kid. Sean Lee is not always hurt. If you look at how many games Sean Lee has played, uh, out of how many he could have played over the last five years, the percentage is very high with the exception of one year. So I think that's a uh, misconception that people have. However, unfortunately, he is hurt this year, and he does call the defensive signals, and that is a huge omission between him and Van Der Esch being out of the lineup, and that's largely responsible for their defensive uh, lapses this year and, and their futility. And it's unfortunate because the Cowboys definitely have weapons on offense, but I believe Zeke is definitely on the decline. I, I don't know if the guy has run for 100 yards this year. I don't believe he has. He's putting the ball on the ground. I don't believe he's the same runner as what he was three years ago. And you know what? You raise a good point as far as Lee. I just wanted to, uh, you know, to, to give you props on it in the sense that perception and reality are two different things. You're right. If you look at you look at Sean uh, Sean Lee, he's played 14 games, 15 games in a season. Um, so solid six games. All right, you can't blame him. Six games, 11 games, uh, then uh, missed an entire season in 2014. Uh, 14 games, then 15 games then 11 games, and then seven games, and then 16 games. So you're right. It's not like he only plays four games a year or something. But how about Van Der Esch? Van Der Esch has gotten hurt a lot, too. It just is what it is. You know, and, and Elliot, I don't know, man. Elliot hasn't bitched publicly, but I can't believe that he's he's happy. They throw the ball all the time. They take him out of the flow. Like, they don't treat him like a star running back. Put it that way, Paul, right? Is that a good way of putting it? You know what I mean? Like, you look at the Titans, is, and they give, they give Derrick Henry the football. No, but you talk about, we can't have it both ways as well, Paul, and defend Andy Dalton and, and say, well, the offensive line sucks, and then throw Zeke Elliott under the bus either. Well, Zeke Elliott, from the beginning of the year, has not been great. I mean, he's averaging 4.1 yards a carry, and this is like the same, the evolution of Le'Veon Bell where he was running behind what was a solid offensive line, and he st was on the steady decline, 4.7, 4.5, 4.1. 
Last year in Pittsburgh, 4.0 yards per carry behind the best offensive line in football. So slowly, this is what happens to running backs. Now, he's only 25 years old. It, it, he really should have another year or two before he should start seeing that kind of decline. And look, no running back wants to admit that they're – that they're slipping. Uh, you know, Eddie George for the Cowboys was insistent. Oh yeah, I'm still the back. And then he went to another team and he was slowly, you know, within a, within a few months, he's out of the league. This is what happens to running backs and Zeke may be feeling it a little bit. Yeah. And there's something to it. There's something to it. And they don't, like I said as well, they don't, they don't feed them early. He, they don't, or they've been behind all the time. There's, he's never really gotten into a rhythm. I don't know, like, how. And like I said, I know deep down inside, there's no way he's happy that the offense isn't, that he's not the focal point uh, of the offense. And then, you know, did they, did they really need to draft C.D. Lamb, Paul? We could go on and on uh, about the Cowboys and their issues. Uh, Mike McCarthy's got serious problems as well. And I get it. Their offensive line is injured. But every damn team in the NFL has crazy injuries this year. I know who doesn't, you know what I mean? There's a few, but for the most part, like every damn team's like, it's like a bloodbath for everyone this year. So, you know, I I sort of don't excuse people for it. He's had 20 touches in every single game. uh, Elliot has uh, starting with, uh, you know, he carried the ball 22 times a piece against the uh, Rams in Atlanta. And then, you know, in Seattle, they, he never got off. 14 carries, 34 yards. Oh, he's been average. Game, I, I can't disagree. Oh, I yeah. don't even like him. Yeah, 12 I've always carries. been an anti. I've always been anti-Zeke. Trust me. I'm not a fan of his. But, yeah, whatever it is, I, I'm telling you, you know he's not happy. And, uh, you know, it's just it's it's a mess there right now. All right, so listen, Paul. Let me just uh, get everyone the point spread. So I'll rattle them off quickly. I'll rattle off all the point spreads for the NFL games and then give me your thoughts on the opening numbers and if you moved uh, on anything. So Thursday night football, as Paul alluded to, big game, New York Giants, Philadelphia Eagles. They're actually playing for first place. So that's where we're at here, guys. Uh, so the Giants and Eagles. Uh, Eagles are four-point favorites, it. total four, 44 and a half. So you played this one. All right, let me let me go through all the I games here, Paul. One. I, all right, hold I on. I had to let, play Paul. this one, too. Paul, go ahead. As I just yeah. stated, I will read all the point spreads, and then let us know after. So, uh, so okay, Philadelphia Dave, Eagles. I'm all, I'm all hyped up. Dave. I'm all hyped up. Sorry. Philadelphia Eagles minus four against the New York Giants. Uh, total forty-four and a half. Uh, the Bills are twelve and a half against the Jets. No total right now. So we just saw the Bills. They're twelve and a half point favorites at the Meadowlands against the Jets. New Orleans Saints, seven-and-a-half-point home favorites against Carolina. Total 51. Cleveland Browns. uh, Cleveland Browns, three-and-a-half-point road favorites against Cincinnati. Of course, they played earlier this year in a five-point game. Put up 65 points. Total is also 51 in that game. Detroit Lions, uh, plus three at Atlanta, 56-and-a-half. Green Bay Packers, minus three-and-a-half at Houston. Total 56. Pittsburgh Steelers. At the uh, Tennessee Titans, and I don't know why the hell the Pittsburgh Steelers are road favorites at the Titans, but uh, Steelers minus one and a half, total uh, 52 and a half. Seattle Seahawks minus three and a half at Arizona, no total right now. Uh, Chargers, seven and a half point home favorites against the Jacks. Uh, we got the Kansas City Chiefs laying nine and a half at Denver. Uh, New England Patriots minus two and a half hosting San Francisco. 
Tampa Bay, minus two and a half at Vegas, the Sunday nighter. And then on Monday night football, dear God, we have to watch the Chicago Bears and the Los Angeles Rams. Rams are minus five and a half. All right, Bobby, I know you're fired up and you're already clicking away and moving numbers here. Uh, so uh, we look forward to Bobby's uh, opinions on these games. And we'll get Paul's uh, take on the opening college numbers as well. Portrait's late night continues. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. And you know what? It'll be nice having a little extra cash to bet on college football. Yeah, I'd like to bet a hundred bucks. You want to pick a team? No, just take it. Portrait late night continues. I'm Renzi. Bring it. Paul Bovey, covers.com. Kicking it with us uh, right now. You can find him on the experts uh, page. Covers, experts, covers.com. Uh, uh, we're talking NFL uh, football right now. We'll get into some college uh, football uh, as well. And uh, Paul's fired up and ready to go. You, you, you know, you, you and Cam should do a show uh, together. I tell Cam, like, every night I do, I've been doing shows with Cam for years, right? Like, you know, 15 years type years. And I tell him all the time, and he knows this, Paul. It's amazing. So I tell him, all right, we're going to go game by game, all right, through the board. So, like, rotation, in, in order of the rotation. He can last, like, two games, Paul. Like, his attention, like, his, he can't help himself. Like, he can last, like, two, maybe three games, and then he'll, well, I don't really like this game, but I do. I love the Sunday nighter. It's like, dude, I just told you. We're going game by game. <laughs> because <laughs> if he doesn't have an opinion, he just wants to skip it, right? So he'll jump to the one game he's got an opinion on. He'll skip, like, ten of the games. And uh, I tell him all the time. So, uh, yeah, you did. You pulled a Cam Stewart on me, which I said, I'm going to go game by game. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I took this one. <laughs> You know, that's a very vague thing. Game by game might mean you're right, you're right. one game. And, and also, okay. and I, I, I'll do respect, too. I know what it's like when you're on the phone, guess, yeah, it's tough. Like, you can hear, but, you know, I totally, I totally get it. I'm just busting your balls. So, the New York Giants okay. getting four All points. Right. I was on the Giants. Fortunately, I took them on the money line. I always tell people, never lay a point and a half or two points or something. If you like the team... You better play it on the money line. And we saw it came into play here with the Giants in Washington. So Washington scores the late touchdown. So it's not like the Giants manned up or something. They they, they allowed Washington to score with 36 seconds left. And then Rivera just wanted to get the hell out of there like everybody does at the metal ends. Uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Let's just go for two. And they don't get it. The Giants escape uh, with the win. But nevertheless, a win is a win. What do you make of this uh, first first place encounter, uh, Paul? I can't believe it's a first place game, dude. But here we are. Well, Gabe, the this is like the varsity team versus the JV team. The Eagles have nobody. Their offensive line decimated. Lane Johnson out. Uh, Jason Peters out. Now you're going to have Boston Scott as your lead back. Now, he's not a bad back when it comes to catching passes out of the backfield. In fact, in the last four games last year, 
23 uh, receptions, 26 targets. So Wentz will go to him. But as a runner, not much. About 250 yards last year, and he had 25% of his production against the Giants. But, you know, Miles Sanders is the runner. Then you lose Zach Gertz. You already lost uh, Deshaun. You, you, you know, uh, Sanders, as I mentioned, out. Uh, Goddard out. Alshon Jeffrey out. If the Giants can't win this game, really they should step down and uh, be purged from the NFC East because the Eagles have nobody, and it's been explosive plays. I don't even know how they were in the game against uh, Baltimore because Wentz didn't really do anything, 21 of 40 for 213, but there was a 74-yard run by Sanders, 50-yard pass to Hightower, and uh, Travis Fulgham, you know, he should be shadowed by Bradbury. He's going to have a hard time this week. He did a good job last week against McLaren. Seven catches, but only 74 yards. I think the Giants should get this win and and uh, by three to seven points. Hey, all good points uh, that you raised as far as Philadelphia's injuries. It's crazy. Miles Sanders, uh, Zach Ertz, Malik Jackson, uh, Kavon uh, Wallace. Uh, their offensive line. Uh, you know, we can go on and on. But with all that being stated, Paul, I bit the bullet and I lost uh, earlier this year in which I was on the New York Giants against San Francisco. And remember, it was San Francisco's third and fourth string players. They were they had depleted, back-to-back road games, East Coast, all that crap, and they ran the Giants out of the building. So, like, the Giants, like, let's just be real. The Giants have problems against teams' backups even, Paul. Well, I think it'll actually serve them well to play in Philadelphia. Uh, I agree with this that. This is a game where I want to be on the road, and it's not really a true road game because it's only a couple hours down the turnpike. I actually used to make it from Long Island in two hours. It would it would be quicker <laughs> to go to two hours to Philly than it would. Uh, to, uh, what? Two hours to Philly? <laughs> I would take you two take you three hours to get to MSG to see the Knicks. I'm sure. <laughs> That's 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 my point. It wasn't really a, a bad ride. So it, it's really not a true road game for the Giants, but it gets them out of that pressure-packed environment of playing at home. And I think the Giants will flourish in this environment, and I think they win the football game. And yes, Gabe, I was on the Giants that day too, and it was a very disheartening loss because I saw my money evaporate by early in the second quarter, and I knew what was in the offing. Yeah, yeah, it sucks when you realize early we're we're, we're on the wrong side uh, of uh, of of the game. Um, so yeah, the New York Giants uh, go in there and listen. Philadelphia, they got problems. We'll see if the Giants uh, can step up. They're getting four points uh, in this game, and um, as you mentioned, so there's no fans uh, either uh, or limited fans. You know, so it's not not a pure sort of chaotic road game. But the fact of the matter is, if you look at the Giants guys. I mean, Paul, they've been better on the road. They've been good on the road. Covered against the Rams, covered against the Bears, covered against the Cowboys, right? They've been road warriors, ATS, <laughs> the Giants. They're road warriors. Yeah. They're getting four points. All right, what else did you look at this week? Um, week seven, early numbers here, Paul. I played uh, – I've already played the Falcons on the money line. I think the Bay, uh, Lions are just an overhyped – garbage football team yes they 
come out of Jacksonville with a win, a team that cannot run the football against a defensive run defense in the Lions. And opposing quarterbacks in the first four or five, uh, every game that Jacksonville had played up until the Lions had thrown for over 300 yards and Stafford could manage only, I believe, 223. Uh, They had 403 yards total, uh, 102 on two explosive plays. Keelan Cole went off for six catches for 143 yards for the Jags. His previous best was 58 yards. I don't think the Lions are a very good football team. They can't stop the run. And when the Falcons have all three receivers in the lineup, it clearly shows up in the offense. Uh, Julio Jones has played three full football games this year. In two of those games, 137 and 157 yards. And when he is on the football field, Ridley and Gage are much more effective. They Let's face it, the Falcons could have won several football games. They just did not close out. They did against the Vikings. Kirk Cousins threw three interceptions. The defense was better. They've had some injuries along the way. They've gotten some players back, although they did lose McKinley again, which will hurt. But I still think they are a better football team than the Lions. I don't feel like laying three points. So sometimes you just got to go money line. I got it today at $1.46, and I'll roll with that. Uh, You know, I was down like a lot of people on Matt Ryan. And, you know, his arm, the arm strength is, is a little bit of a concern. But one thing, as you just mentioned, too, as far as Julio Jones is concerned, what a difference it makes when Julio's there and he's not there for Matt Ryan as well. You know, we see, you know, Julio Jones is back and comfortable, and then suddenly Matt uh, Matt Ryan is comfortable again. And Ridley is good, and the other guys are good. But as you stated, just having Jones out there, not just as a decoy, really loosens things up. You think Atlanta goes, listen, Atlanta's schedule is very manageable uh, from here on out, actually. Do they go on a little run so you think they get it done here against the Lions? I I do. And and one of the problems with the Falcons is, and it it goes back to a signing, is they should not have uh, taken on Todd Gurley, who to me is is baggage and will be out of the league in a year or two. Uh, He did have a big game against Carolina, but he was back to his old ways this week. I think he had like 20 carries for 47 yards. But if they can get off a running game against this Lion team, who who generally cannot stop the run outside of this past week against the Jaguars, where they held the lead back back to 29 yards on 12 carries, they're going to be even more effective. So, yeah, I went with the uh, Falcons. I'm comfortable with them. And I think they will go on a little run. Uh, Paul Bowlby covers experts uh, kicking it with us on uh, Sports Rage late night. I am Gabriel Morenci. Shout out to all of our radio affiliates. Uh, shout out to everyone in uh, SoCal, the mightier uh, 1090 repping in the late night hours. Uh, we'll get into the Dodgers uh, a little bit uh, later on. So, Paul, college uh, football, uh, one of my uh, – I was on Florida State this weekend. I'm kicking myself for not taking the money line because I threw it out there. I talked about North Carolina not being worthy of being a top-five-ranked team, and nobody cares about the polls this early, but they do, and I just brought up. Suddenly, you know what? Their cousins and their brothers and their ex-girlfriends are calling. Oh, I saw you on ESPN, man. Oh, you're top-five. It's unbelievable. 
And, you know, the kids, you see it in college basketball all the time, Paul, that dreaded Monday night team gets uh, made the number one team in the country and then they lose on ESPN that Monday. It inevitably always happens. But I also, I like the quarterback change with Florida State. Going to Travis at the quarterback position, we saw that there was a spark against Notre Dame. And it continued uh, this week against uh, North Carolina. I'm kicking myself for not jumping on the money line because I did think that I thought if you think a team could cover, you think they could win. And I thought that North Carolina was ripe to be beat outright. Now, um, I know this number opened up at six, and you might have moved this number because I'm seeing four and a halfs right now, Paul. Talk to me about uh, Louisville and Florida State. We got about a minute and a half before the break. We got a couple of minutes on the other side, but talk to me about this ACC tilt. I could assure you I did move the number, and I will tell you I agree with you on Jordan Travis. His numbers have not been stupendous, but you could see a spark in the team. Jacksonville State, they were competitive with Florida State. Now, it does concern me they gave up uh, 353 yards rushing to Notre Dame. Louisville also gave up quite a few yards. Uh, It was a little worse for uh, Florida State, but they did give up a couple explosive plays. But basically, I played this because these teams are very close to even. And by the way, I think Florida State was very fortunate to win that North Carolina game because on that last drive, and I'm sure you saw it, it was amazing because there were three, not one, not two, but three drop passes on that last series, which paved the way for that upset or North Carolina would have tied the game. Uh, but, yeah, I I think this Louisville team is vastly overrated. Cunningham only 109 yards against Pittsburgh. Georgia Tech sliced and diced them for 450 yards, uh, 192 on the ground on 5.5. And these teams are closer to evenly matched rather than Louisville being six points better. All right, we got a couple of minutes with Paul Bovey left on the other side. Level one coming to a close. George Kurtz going to step up at level two. Go on more Bovey, go over to Covers Experts, Covers.com. Portrait's late night continues. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Portrait's late night level one. I am Lorenzi. George Kurtz going to step up at level two. Sports Grid uh, repping. Paul Bovey, Covers.com in the house. Find him over on the experts uh, page over at Covers. Got a couple of minutes uh, left uh, with Paul here. So, uh, Paul, Clemson. Uh, we were we, we were on Clemson a couple of weeks ago against, um, against the Miami Hurricanes. And I like their team total. We had a guest on on Friday, and he talked about Clemson's team total against Georgia Tech. And I liked it as well. We were talking about, well, I think the game can get there and go over the number. Um, and Clemson, we're going to score a boatload of points. Um, and then Clemson really, really, really just lay, lay it on them. And when we talk about laying it on them, they, they hung 73 points up. 73-7. Clemson have scored 41 or more in all their games. Uh, Citadel, 49-0. Took the pedal off the metal. Uh, Virginia, 41-23. Uh, Miami, 42-17. 
Georgia Tech uh, 73-7. Now they're laying a a massive amount of points. Uh, Paul, talk to me about this Clemson and uh, Syracuse game. Are you you comfortable laying 44.5 points for the Clemson Tigers? I laid 44, Gabe. I'm not sure if I spoke about the Syracuse game last week because I was on Liberty pretty hard. I got it at two and a half. It it steamed up to three and a half, and it came back. And I could not understand who would be betting Syracuse when collectively against three teams that they had played outside of Georgia Tech, they ran the ball 92 times for 147 yards and couldn't stop anything. I was on Liberty, too. Now, last— I think because DeVito, I I was on Liberty too, but I think Paul, because DeVito was out and they figured DeVito was so bad that it could only be an upgrade that they had a new quarterback in there. But we got less than a minute, Paul, so the floor is yours. Yeah, well, all all I could say is Liberty had 258 yards rushing in in the first half, and the quarterback did not look bad for the first couple series, but Liberty was just so incredibly dominant. And it, it's Clemson. How could they possibly not? They're going to have to try not to score against this team. Make a concerted effort. Clemson names the score. Whatever they want. Paul Bovey, Covers.com. Great stuff as always. Sports Range continues. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.